0: Do you want to write really powerful emotional scenes? Like the highest or most emotional parts of your story, you really want to make sure that they come across well on the page, but you're not sure how to do that. You know, maybe you've written them and you're reading it and it's just not coming across as emotional as you would like and it's just not evoking the emotion you would want in your readers. But how do you do that? How do you become more skilled at writing emotions and writing emotional scenes and making sure? that you are drawing out those emotions in the readers. Well, that's what I'm going to talk about today because um, there are some ways, some key things that you can do to strengthen your writing and to make sure that you're writing very deep and emotional scenes into your books. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character art? you want to create a fiction empire but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams but got information overload every time I looked for writing help because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. Okay. So I have definitely been there. Um, You know, when we all get started, we tend to be a little bit on the amateur side and we're not the most skilled at how to write really emotional scenes. And they're kind of the most important types because as I've talked about before, what we're doing with fiction is trying to help our readers live vicariously and trying to get them to feel something. And we typically are successful at that, at least to some extent, right? Um, I've talked before about how there have been studies about people who read fiction and how they are much more compassionate and much more empathetic. And that's because we're almost practicing feeling the emotions of other people when we read fiction. And the more we do that, the more we can do it in real life. And therefore, we are more empathetic, even if Say we have someone in our lives who um, just lost a parent or a loved one. Even if we haven't lost that same counterpart in our lives, if we've read a book where someone has lost it, then we kind of know what they were feeling because we were in the mind and heart of this character. And we can use that to empathize with the person in real life who's going through this. Okay, so guys, I've said this before, but fiction is not just for entertainment. Of course that's probably the main reason that we do it and you know we have a passion for it. We want to write it, we want to read it. But it really does make people better human beings. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to die on that hill. I really will because people who read fiction, they relate to other people better. They are kinder, they are more compassionate, they are more empathetic. And of course there are other things too. They tend to be more resourceful, they tend to be smarter, they tend to have better problem-solving skills, you know, all of those things. So I will die on that hill you know fiction really does enrich people's lives and make them better human beings but that's not what the podcast is about today um It's about writing better emotions into your story. And that is really the key to making all those things happen, right? The only reason that we keep reading fiction is because it makes us feel something. And depending on the genre, it might be different. Sometimes it's about making us feel sad or making us feel, um, you know, obviously happy with the happy ending, making us feel triumphant, sometimes making us feel scared. That's why we read horror, making us, you know, cringe about things. Um, So, you know, any kind of emotion will work. But the most emotional parts of our books, which tend to be Either the high action scenes or, of course, the climactic point. Um, You know, if you're writing romance, it's probably the kissing scene, it's probably the love scene. Um, Those are the things that it's most important to get it right and to make sure that we're bringing the emotions across because if those scenes fall flat, the entire book, the entire story is going to fall flat. Obviously, we don't want that. Now, the funny thing about this is that it's really hard to nail down exactly how to be skilled at writing emotions. I have looked through endless articles, you know, things I found on Pinterest, blog posts, um, things other authors have said, and when they talk about writing emotions. <laughs> to me they kind of tend to dance around the subject a little bit they'll be like okay to write better emotional scenes make sure that you as the author are in the mood and that you are feeling the emotion before you write it and I'm not saying that's wrong obviously being in the right headspace being in the right mood being very clear on the emotion you're trying to bring across all of that will definitely help and so there's there's value in that but it still doesn't really tell you how to bring it across on the page um being in the right mood to write a love scene is great. And definitely it will help you with your resolve and your drive and getting the words down. But it doesn't really do much one way or the other for how skilled you are at bringing it across on the page. Okay, that's a completely different subject. There's your motivation, and then there's your skill set. Okay, so I really wanted to, when I was thinking about this, nail down the things that will actually help you write the emotions better and bring them across in the story better and, you know, really practical tips that you can use so that if you have an emotional scene that you feel like is falling flat, you will actually have some things that you can do to fix it, all right? And contrary to popular belief, there are ways to do that. Most people would probably tell you, oh, it's just a matter of doing it a lot, getting the experience, learning, becoming better at writing, and again, that is all true, but when people say that, it's because they don't really know the answer. They don't know the practical way to tell you to practice it. Because, I mean, they're right, that the more you do it, the better you'll become at it. But most people can't articulate what it is they're doing that makes their writing better. They just know that they've practiced and gotten better and now their writing is better. And so one of my missions in life (laughs) is to be able to nail that down and articulate it in a way that is practical to help other authors be able to, you know, follow step-by-step instructions to make their writing better and not just say, oh, go practice it. Oh, go write a 100,000 words. Go do 10,000 hours of writing. I mean, none of those things are bad and you will do that anyway if you're going to be any kind of serious writer. But I want to give you practical tips that you can use now to fix a scene that isn't working. Okay. So this is what I came up with. There are four keys and who knows, this might change in the future, I might add more to it, but these were the four that I sort of distilled down to that will help you write really powerful emotions or really powerful emotional scenes. The first we're going to start with is sensory descriptors. What I mean by that is being very specific and very visceral in the way you describe something happening. Now, again, this can be any kind of emotion. Um, This can be happy, sad, angry, lonely, um, can be cringy. (laughs) So let's start with that one. Let's say that you are writing let's say it's a death and it's a tragic death and it's somebody who dies in battle on the battlefield. Maybe it's a medieval knight or something. There's a big difference between saying he was stabbed with a sword and By contrast, talking about the sword going in through his belly and coming out his back, and blood dripping from his mouth, and maybe there's a crunch of bone in there. And then maybe the sword is yanked back out, and now there are entrails. Okay, now you can see the difference between those two. Depending on your content level and how graphic you wanna be, maybe you don't wanna include all those details and that's fine, that's a personal decision, but there's still a big difference between just saying he was stabbed and and including those very specific and very visceral sensory descriptors. The other thing you wanna do is to be very specific, okay? General is not good when you're trying to create emotions you want to be specific. We need to know exactly what is happening. We need to be able to envision it in our minds. So this is something that I often tell my critique group. If something is too vague, I'll be like, "Okay, I can't picture that. I need you to show me more details. I need to know spatial details. I need to know where people are standing. I need to see the motions that they're making. I need to see the expressions on their face." It makes a big big difference. Once again, using that same example, to say he was stabbed and fell to the ground or to show the expression on his face when that sword goes in and when he he hits the ground. Has it changed? Is he still alive? Is he still breathing? Or is he dead before he hits the ground? All of these things, you want to make sure that the sensory descriptors are very specific. Why? Because if they are, it will do a lot of the heavy lifting for you, okay? That kind of sensory descriptor creates emotion in the reader, okay? Because they will naturally feel things when they read a really heavy description. If it's something that's cringeworthy, they're going to cringe. If it's something that's sad, it's going to make them feel sadness. If it's something happy they're going to feel joy and euphoria okay but just a good description without anything else can do that so you want to make sure that you get that right that's step one but of course that's not the only step we're going to go a little bit deeper the next thing you want to make sure that you're nailing is the internal dialogue and emotions of the characters Maybe this seems obvious, but especially if we're talking about an action scene or if it's a really important scene that we're trying to write tragedy into or, you know, whatever it is, something emotional, we tend to get really swept up in the action of it. And believe me, I am guilty of this. I can very much, you know, on the first uh, draft, just go through and hit all the action and completely forget to do internal dialogue and completely forget to say how anybody was feeling about anything. And it's because I'm just going really fast and trying to get the action down and pushing through. And there's there's really nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's kind of what first drafts are for is just to get it down. And then you can go back and fine tune later. But this is something that my critique group, we all make sure that we do this for each other. We know when we need a internal reaction and it's not there. And I am so glad that they do that for me because there are times that because we have blinders on to our own writing, I'm just bopping along and don't realize that we really need that internal reaction there and I don't have it. So I'm glad to have somebody who will make sure and tell me that. Um, so again, it's just very common to do this, but if you want to create really emotional scenes, we need to know what the characters are thinking and feeling. Um, and we could go into show versus tell that you should show it rather than tell what they're feeling. But I'm not telling you to tell us what they're feeling internally. I'm telling you to make sure that the reader knows what it is. And you can do this through internal dialogue, which isn't exactly the same thing as showing. But um, if the character is sad about something, we need to know that that's what they're feeling. So however it is that you're going to show us that, you need to show us that. We need to see their internal thoughts, their internal feelings about the situation, and um, because even if you're, sh- if you're showing them doing action, that still doesn't tell us exactly what they're feeling about what is going on around them. And we need, to n- we need to know what that is. We need to be inside their heads. So you need to get used to writing internal dialogue and emotions, which is a really fancy way of saying thoughts and feelings. We need the thoughts and feelings from the character. And that's going to go a long way. You know, you first have the emotional or the, uh, excuse me, the sensory descriptors. And if you layer the internal dialogue, thoughts and feelings on top of that, it will make it that much stronger. The third thing you need to make sure that you're getting is the character reactions. Now, when I say this, it is partly thoughts and feelings. Of course, those can be reactions to what's happening. But it's also important to show a physical reaction. Okay, if if we use that same um, example and you have a character who's stabbed on the battlefield and dies and you're talking about the reaction of his best friend or his brother who's in battle with him and we don't see a reaction from that person, it's just naturally not going to be as sad as if that person falls to their knees and cries and screams and says, no, please don't die and that sort of thing, okay? We as human beings are naturally empathetic and so we will feel the emotions of another person and if we see that this person loved the person that just died and is having a severe emotional reaction to that death, we're naturally going to feel that too. So it's important to show an emotional reaction from the characters. Um, You know, as I was describing that, I actually thought of a really good example of this. If you've ever seen the movie 300, it's... um, It's one of those graphic novel types of things where everybody has CGI'd six-pack abs, which is kind of funny. And it's got some really... I actually like the movie. It's a good story, and it's got some really great lines in it, some really great writing. But there it's also quite gory. I'm pretty sure it's rated R because quite a few people get beheaded, so keep that in mind if you want to watch it. Um, But there is a part where a young man who's, he's fairly young, in his 20s, and he is beheaded, and his father is there with him in the army. They're both soldiers in the army, and it's really hard to watch. Not just because of the beheading, which is kind of gross, but because his father falls to his knees and catches his son, and now his son is headless, and it's just like the most horrific thing you could possibly think of that could happen to a father, and he screams, and he cries, and it's just impossible to not feel something when you're watching that, okay? But it really has a lot less to do with with this man being beheaded, which is bad enough, it has much more to do with the father's reaction to that. Okay, so just as an example. So that's number three, and number four is um, I was debating whether to put this first or last. It's probably the most important one, but at the same time, I feel like if we're going deeper with each step, then maybe we should do it last because it's the deepest one. So the um, most surface one, I guess, would be the sensory descriptors. Then taking that a level down, it's going to be the internal dialogue and emotions. So thoughts and feelings of the character. Number three is to show that outwardly so that you're going to match that to what we're seeing as a physical reaction of the character. And finally, we've got the setup and payoff. That's what number four is. You need to set it up and you need to pay it off. And what I mean by that, I've talked about it before. You need to make sure that whatever emotion you're trying to evoke, you have set something up to create that emotion. So if we're sticking with the emotion of loss, if you want someone to have, you know, meaning the character in the story, but also your reader, if you want them to have a really heavy emotional reaction to someone dying you need to make them love that person beforehand you need to show that person being happy you need to show the relationships to the other characters you need to make it so that it's a real loss when when we lose this character i'm sure we've all seen movies or read books where they tried to make something super sad or super epic and we just weren't feeling it because they just didn't make us care enough beforehand that's what you need to make sure and do now i should probably use some some different examples so that we're um not just thinking about the loss example or the death example. Let's say that you, okay, well, what about romance? You need to set it up so that the characters are very lonely at first, that they're searching for something. Obviously you need to set it up in terms of making them connect in the relationship so that when they do come together, the audience is feeling victory and they're feeling relief and they're feeling the joy of the characters at finally finding happiness with their special someone. Um, Another example might be, um, I'm thinking of like the Rocky movies, but any anything where we've got uh, some sort of obstacle they're trying to overcome or maybe some sort of physical... Um contest or something like that. And in order to really make us cheer when they win the contest or whatever it is, the race, the event, we have to see their struggle. We have to see how hard they trained. We had to, we have to see what they had to overcome in order to be there. And then that's going to make us really feel that emotion at the end. If we didn't see any of that, we just don't care that much. So the point is you need to set it up in order to pay it off. And the payoff is where the big emotional um, reaction comes from. Now there's a, there's about four different ways that you can do this that I came up with. They are symbolism, foreshadow, repetition, and contrast. So I'll just go over quickly what each of those may be. Symbolism is just, um, using different symbols to show what's going to happen. And it's, it's just, it, it actually is kind of a way of forecasting. And I teach this more in my course. You should use symbolism. Symbolism isn't always something that is noticed, um, Consciously by the reader, but it's usually picked up on subconsciously. So you're kind of priming them for what's going to happen if you use symbolism, even if they don't know it. Uh, Foreshadow is a little bit more obvious. It's where you are just, yeah, foreshadowing what's going to happen. And it's, you know, it can be done very subtly, or it can be done really on the nose. Most people will pick up on foreshadowing and say, okay, I know that's going to end up being part of the story. So Um, Let's use another romance example. At the beginning of Pride and Prejudice, Lizzie says, I am not going to get married unless I am really genuinely in love with someone, and otherwise I'd rather be an old maid. That's foreshadowing. And, you know, the audience knows that that's going to be a big part of the story, that she is only going to get married if she really falls in love. So the question is, will she really find love and will she really get married? Okay, it's a type of foreshadowing and you're setting that up so that when it happens, we feel that emotion with her because we know what her stance was at the beginning of the story. So that's a setup and payoff. Um, The third thing you can use is repetition. I've talked about repetition a lot. Repetition, especially when you're creating a theme or creating some sort of catharsis, really can bring a lot of emotion out. You know, you can say something once and it means something very superficial or something that's just going on in the plot. And then you say it again, and then you say it again with a lot of emotion and it just really drives it home. So repetition is a good one. And then contrast. Contrast um, is usually when you show some, like maybe when you show the lack of something and then you show them achieving it so again to use the romance example it would be most romances start out with the characters being alone and maybe being lonely and so the contrast there is that when they finally find their special someone they're not lonely anymore if you were using something that was not a romantic relationship maybe you have someone who um, never had any parents and feel like they missed out on that parent-child relationship and then by the end they've you know found a father or mother figure that is filling that for them so they're no longer without that parent things like that so you're just showing contrast so that we see what it was without that and then we see what it is with that or we see um how things maybe were evil at first and now they become good so that's what contrast is so once again you want to do the setup and the payoff and you can do that through symbolism foreshadow repetition or contrast but either way you want to set it up and then when you pay it off that's what's going to bring the emotion out in the characters and of course by extension in the readers. So. Let's recap this. In order to write really emotion, emotional scenes or just really heavy emotions of any kind into your writing, you want to, number one, use specific and visceral sensory descriptors, because that's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Number two, we need to get the internal dialogue and emotions, in other words, the thoughts and feelings of the characters. We need to understand how they feel and what they think about the situation. Number three, we need to see their reactions, their physical reactions. Their physical reactions are going to convey their emotions in a big way, and the readers will naturally empathize with that, which will bring the emotion across to the readers very, very strongly. And number four, we need to make sure that it is set up and paid off. So if you want the the readers to care enough to feel the emotion, you have to set it up beforehand. And you can do that by symbolism, foreshadow, repetition, or contrast, or more than one if you'd like. All right. So those are some practical tips you can use. If you have a scene and you really want to convey a strong emotion, but you feel like it's falling a little bit flat right now, go through this list. How strong, how specific, how visceral are your sensory details? How are you describing it? Is it really vague? Because if it's vague, you're not going to feel the emotion. make sure that you're specific and visceral. Um, Do we have the internal thoughts and feelings of the characters? That will also help us to feel their emotions because we understand what they're thinking and feeling about the situation and we can be inside their heads and think and feel it with them. Um, Are we getting their reactions, their external reactions? And again, are these specific? Are these changing? At any given moment in the scene, we need to know what they look like. So if you're missing that, it's really hard for the reader to visualize it, and therefore they're not going to feel the emotion. And finally, have you set it up early enough that this is a payoff that the reader can really get behind? Remember that reader satisfaction always comes from the setup and the payoff. And if you don't have that, you're not going to have reader satisfaction. But the other way to really get the reader satisfaction is to evoke emotion if they feel something then you have succeeded in your role as an author and they will come back to your stories but you have to evoke that emotion and the best way to do that is through the setup and payoff so it's it's very circular and of course you can do the setup or payoff through contrast symbolism foreshadow or repetition so if you don't have any of those you can use that to go back through your story and see if you can put that in earlier so that the payoff is really really potent and evokes the emotion okay So that was a lot (laughs) really quickly, but I hope that helps you to write more emotional scenes and really just practice it and learn to naturally use your writing to evoke emotion. I mean, that's really what we're trying to do with every line that we write, but it does take some skill and it does take some practice. But as with all things, the more you do it, the better you will get at it. So um, everyone have a wonderful week of writing and go forth and write super emotional stories, (laughs) make people laugh out loud or cry or feel sexy or cringe or hide under their covers, (laughs) whatever, whatever you're writing, just make them feel it, punch them in the feels with it. And, um, if you can figure out how to do that on a regular basis, you will have a long and lucrative writing career. I promise. All right. Have a wonderful week and I will see you back here. Same time, same place. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands, if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.